Be brave enough to fight off despair. If you're a Gundam pilot, a new type, you can do it. Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta uh, episodes 30 and 31. Uh, with us we have Scotty P. I can't wait to see the Blue Destiny. And Lou. I'm going to call them the Blue Crew about a hundred times during this. Just fair warning. <laughs> oh let's oh no i don't want to i don't want to i was i was at sears before they imploded entirely and i haven't worked there in a dozen years but one of their initiatives when i was there was the blue crew it's the blue appliance crew because best buy had the geek squad so they're like hey let's co-opt blue that'll help luke, luke was a geek squad it was Geek Squad, yeah. Yeah, we won. but we won the battle. They only but the Geek Squad wasn't even blue. Like, just this, I, it was stupid. It was really no, they were orange. It was made sense. Well, isn't the isn't Geek Squad like still a thing and like its own separate corporate entity and all that stuff? Um, I think it it's it's like part of the Best Buy brand. Best Buy's like, I think they're going downhill. I know, like the one I worked at just closed recently, like like six months ago, and a bunch of them are like kind of they're rapidly going out of business. I mean, their business model just isn't in there anymore. I don't think Geek Squad's business model is either. I wonder if uh, Best Buy and Geek Squad pulled out of Russia too. They probably are not like able to afford pulling out anywhere. <laughs> you know, I was, they, the, the, They've already knocked everything up. They can't pull out anymore. <laughs> I was actually surprised Papa John's was in Russia. I saw that they pulled out and I was like, wait, there's a Papa John's in Russia? And then I saw pictures of the boxes. Apparently, it's just like I, a fran- franchise thing. You know, I fully believe that Papa John's is there. That it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, it based on the owner, but <laughs> but uh, I mean, Domino's wouldn't shock me. Pizza Hut wouldn't shock me. Papa John's just seems weird. I would believe Papa John's over really like like Little Caesars. I would expect to find a Papa John's before a Little Caesars. I mean, maybe Papa John is in Russia. <laughs> no, it's yeah. Well, Little Caesars would make sense though, because you know Caesar, Czar, all that stuff. Like that's you know, that's a stretch. Is it? Is it? It feels like a stretch. I don't know. I don't know. By the time this airs, you know, Putin might have renamed himself Czar, or he might be dead. Who knows? Um, we'll see. Czar Putin the first. Is that what we're expecting? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Double Zeta episode thirty. <sighs> Yeah, just now. Oh, blue yeah. unit part one. That's a blue hey, unit. Oh, why did I write unit? Why are it's you talking definitely... about Smurf peen? <laughs> blue, blue core part one. <laughs> ah, ah, this world. We're three minutes in. We've talked about failed businesses, Russia, and Smurf dick. What, what's <laughs> happening tonight? <laughs> We're it's not the world we the live April in. Fool's episode until the one after this. I, yeah. Anyway, you know, you know, now that COVID is over and never happened, you know, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was just one day everybody was like, "Yeah, COVID's over, guys. Don't worry about it." Now it's you know the world's different. It's a different thing now. It's different. 
Rue is hiding her still in core fighter in the desert and heading towards a city named Gardaria to get some oil. Um, Gardaria is actually a real city. It is a provincial cap. There's two R's. Gardaria. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, I I read it as Giardia the first couple of times. Gardaia. Um, but yeah, it's a provincial capital near the northern Algeria, uh, close to the Mediterranean Sea. So what's important to actually realize here is we kind of start off in uh, central southwest Ac- Africa um, in Dakar, and they've slowly moved their way north. Um, now we're in Algeria, uh, almost to Europe. Um so that's that's your factoid of the uh, the day. I think it only has like sixty thousand people as of today. In this episode, it looks like it has maybe a hundred, <laughs> but it has some big buildings. It's hard to say because you know, as you'll figure out later on, it's it's very misleading the amount of people that you can say. Yeah, yeah. I think we go with the idea that this is the universal century, and so many people have left Earth, and so places that were already maybe more sparsely populated and in a desert kind of environment are even more so now is what we have to go with instead of someone saying, draw a desert city. And they went, Oh, you mean like sand huts? Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. Every, every city in Africa is sand huts. I mean, watching this today, there's a lot of like casual racism in this (laughs) pair of episodes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, there is. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think the least offensive thing is them calling all of the Europeans Franks. That's like the least <laughs> offensive thing I noticed. <sighs> yeah. All right. All right. So Glimmy is also wandering in the desert. Uh, and he uh, he mentions that he's pissed that Haman is in charge of the Neozeon forces, doesn't think she's worthy anymore. Um, and then we kind of get like, the glimmy wandering through the desert summary of the one year war and the foundation of Zion. Um, it felt like he was reciting it to himself to keep himself like, <laughs> like not sane, but you know what I mean? Like, to yeah. keep himself, like getting delirious in the heat. And what I think is like really funny when all of these guys, you know, talk about Neo Zion or Zion and like the, the zombies, it's like, there was this guy named Zeon Zoom Daikun, and he had this ideology, and he got killed, uh, and the Zabis took over, and now they are the the will that they're following the Zabis uh, or Zaku Zeon Zoom Daikun's will, and not his son who is still alive and doing well, things. <laughs> no, I think like I think the big thing is that. Zeon had like uh, like like di- like he had this ideology, but then the zombies like corrupted it. And so I think everybody is really like what they when they say they're following, you know, the original Zeon. They're actually following what the zombies yes corrupted. That and that's that's yes. so it's a very gross misinterpretation. And that's why Char is or Char, I would say, is, is so different. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and and exactly what you mentioned is symbolized right here in the episode because. As Glemmy is talking to himself and talks about the will of Degwinzabi, that's when the Zaku tanker thing, the the big military vehicle with mobile suits, is driving up behind him as soon as he mentions that. Yeah. So it's it's a in symbolism. 
Yep. So we see some uh, blue painted suits show up and he's like, oh, everybody's here to come pick me up now. Uh, And then he passes out uh, because, you know, wandering around in the desert without food and water is not good for you. Um, It's not Neo Zeon forces, though. It's uh, guys in blue, blue outfits and turbans. Yeah, it's blue Kata. Placata. With a scepter. (laughs) Um, So Rue gets into, uh, Rue cannot get into the city. So she is trying to get into uh, Gardaia and um, she doesn't have ID. So she's not being allowed into the city. Yeah. And Um, this is one of those very Tomino scenes that is an excuse to give you some exposition through what looks like nothing dialogue because what, these guards mentioned to her is, well, you know, we think you're a spy because there's been a lot of those since these guys from this African independence movement started going around the town. Yep. Yep. And yeah, they say, Oh, we think you might be a spy. And so she like sees this nice looking Aryan boy and yells, Oh, my lover. And she like goes and tackles him and like, starts kissing all over him basically says you know go along with it and he's like yeah girl i'll go along with it and the guards this are like dude is so flash gordon <laughs> yeah i got that feel too yeah he uh yeah and he's... the guard and the guards are like oh yeah it makes sense he he bangs a lot of chicks well she, he's he's like oh uh marianne or whatever and he just kind of goes along with it and they walk away and the guards are like you know, I believe it with him, but like how many women? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he uh, takes Rue into an alleyway and says uh, he helped her because she's a work of art. Um, and he's like, I, w- I want to paint you. And she's like, I don't want to get naked, though. And he's yeah, like, he says that she's her inspiration. Yeah, she's his inspiration now. And, and he's like, yo, girls. There's there's things that we can do other than get naked. And you know, I'm a genius. That's basically the exact line. <laughs> I'm not kidding for once. That's very close. Uh and she uh she she goes with it. She's like, I'll I'll go to your house. There's nothing wrong with this situation. Yeah, and then he explains that Europeans like him in this city are called Franks. As a slur, he says that's what they say to show their disdain. So, yep. Yep. So, uh, flash over to the Gundam crew. Uh, we see L is bitching and moaning that uh, Rue is not there to do the chores to help clean up and, you know, oil the Gundams. It, but I, I made a note about this, how they're like, oh, this sucks. We have to do all this extra work because Rue is not here. But it was like three people doing the work <laughs> that Rue was supposed to be doing. I don't know if they're lazy or Rue was just doing a lot. Well, I mean, she was the only trained military person there. So she probably just did a lot of it because that was what she felt like her expectations were. And now it, these it guys are like, well, if we want to survive. <laughs> it comes up a couple of times, too, because they talk about like they're trying to clean the, the mobile suits. And they're like, oh, this is Rue's thing. And then like they talk about like, oh, we need oil and we need this and we need to coordinate our supplies. And it's all Rue. And they're yeah. like, we don't really know what to do now that Rue's not here. It's like a huge pain in the ass because Rue's not here. Yep. Bright runs a skeleton crew of like 
one woman that does everything on the ship. Um, yeah, so they, they just, uh, but there's mention that Lan- or, uh, L is happy that, that Rue is gone because, uh, she's got judo to herself. Um, yeah. And I think it's, uh, was it Eno or was it Beecha? It was one of them. One, one, one of them agree. was like, you're welcome. I got rid of her for you. Actually, I think it probably would have been Eno because didn't, didn't Beecha have a thing for L earlier in the show? Maybe. I think so. Um, Beecha says, oh, I'm do- I did you a favor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was Beecha. Okay. So Paul takes the, the, the oil thing that they're cleaning the, or they're, they're lubricating the Gundam with sprays it everywhere. Uh, and everybody gets nasty and oily and we learn that they need twice as much oil in the desert as they do in space due to the sand. I, I had a funny, I thought it was kind of funny because, uh, she's like, Oh, I want to take a bath. And then she yanks the hose out of his hand and starts spraying it. And then she's like, wait, this isn't water. And then they're like, why would we clean these with water? And, and they, they really, I didn't write this down, but thinking about that scene, they really highlight her outfit in this fall down scene more than I felt was appropriate. Yeah. They like knocked her down in like oil boot eater, basically. <laughs> it was gross. I agree. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, if that, if that got animated these days, you would have a like slow pan up <laughs> while she was like on the ground splayed out. She'd be looking up and sad and it would be like the shirt would be partially see-through. So it's almost good that this is from 1980, uh, eight, nine. That for some reason, it reminds me of that show. What what was that show? Uh, Fairly recent. I I had to stop it because it got too egregious. It was like my multi-hit mom or something like that. Oh, that was funny, but I know, yeah, that, that would be the kind of scene in that, or just, or even food wars, since we're talking about oil, right? Like food wars would have a sexy oil accident. <laughs> sexy oil accident. I think we've got a title for this episode. <laughs> oh. It should be creepy oil accident. It's, it's fair. Um, so sexy action oil accident. <laughs> So uh, Ganae takes Rue down some steps to a white person utopia uh, in the middle of Africa. Well, he ta- he's taking her like down into what appears to be like a basement. And she's like, uh, where are we going? The this dungeon. Is, like, this is, is going to be sexy oil accident, isn't it? He's, yes, like, it is. he's like, just wait, it gets better. And then they get down to the bottom. And it's like a mall, basically. This yep. is so 80s, an underground mall. Yeah, that is... Listen, if you are younger, these were real things on planet Earth. There's still one in Raleigh in ruins under the fresh market, and a bunch of homeless people live in there. I think homeless. Like an underground mall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one under like if you if you go like back near where the employees smoke at Fresh Market, like there's a way under Cameron Village to get in there, but you don't want to do that. (laughs) I mean, unless you need heroin. interesting um yeah so yeah they go to the white person underground utopia mall place um 
and it's it's weird. Um, then we flash back to the Argama. Bright is saying he doesn't want to stop at stop at Gardaya, but everyone, including Judo, thinks it's a good idea to stop there. Um, and Judo thinks that they might find Rue there. Um, Pull's like, nah, we don't need to go there. We definitely shouldn't go there. And Judo's like, why? Why shouldn't we go there? Is Rue there? And she's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so then it's decided. Judo's like, yep, we got to go get Rue. Um, he just like yeets right out. He's just like, yep. oh God, and goes and like immediately runs out. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Well, I, there was something on this scene that I really liked that I, I don't know how they managed to get this across, but Bright in this scene comes across as extremely stressed out. And he seems like about the only person that is really stressed out. And we know from the last episode that they're in the middle of an operation with Karaba. They're going to rendezvous with them to continue their attack as they've been ordered to do. And you just see like bright is on like alert mode here and he's lost a core fighter now and he's irritated about that. He's keeping calm because it's, it's bright, but uh, you know, he's seen a lot worse than this, but at the end of it, when Astonage is like, well, is this okay? And bright's like talking about this was, this was your idea. It's, it's the most you see him crack on it, but just the way they like drew him and, and had his subtle motions, I thought was good in conveying where he's at. This few episode arc where Rue has taken the the core fighter is the most agitated. I think you rarely ever see bright in any of the series because, uh, and he'll mention it later, but he's already mentioned it once or twice before that. He's like, I don't care about her. She took the core fighter. I just want the fucking core fighter back. Yeah. It's almost like he's got to pay Wong like the bill. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he had to, if you, if it's, it's like you work a job and it's like, Oh, you draw, you, you broke something. you got to buy it. It's like, but I work here, man. Come on. <laughs> um, so everybody heads out. Um, judo and pull take off, take the Zeta and Ellen, uh, you know, head out as well. Um, and then we flash back to Gardaya where Glimmy is sneaking around the city. Apparently he was able to get past the guards. Um, and I, I did have a note of that. I don't know how he got in because he got rescued by, uh, the, the blue crew and they make a point of, they can't get in to like go where they're trying to go. They're like, you can go do it. And I don't know how he got in. Well, they put a Jedi cloak on him. I guess. <laughs> uh all right yeah so he is sneaking around the city and he finds the he follows a white person uh and he follows them into the Aryan utopia um the the blue people forced so we find out that the blue core find, forced glimmy to go in and control find the control area of the city um and we learn this is where we learn their name that they are the Blue Corps, um, and they are part of the African Independence Group, which we uh, heard about a few they, minutes ago. Going get, about Rue getting into the city, they make a couple comments about it, like they're the Blue Corps, and all of their we talked about this before, but all of their like Zaku's and, and I think what did they have Gelgus or something like that? They're all painted like like really really bright like indigo blue. Like, which is very kind of weird for the desert, right? No, but it's desert they, camouflage. 
bright blue in the middle of the desert is desert yeah. camouflage. Desert camouflage. <laughs> yeah, we learned that from Ramba Roll. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so they they all have this like bright blue color, and they make a couple of references, like they're talking about the African African independence and all that stuff. But they specifically reference like bringing pride to the Toreg people, which is really interesting because it's like a like a, a nomadic tribe in northern Africa that is referred to as the Blue People, uh, and they're known for like wearing like indigo dyed clothes and wearing like in, like having like indigo like paint and stuff that they wear on their skin and stuff, which is I thought that was kind of cool. I'm glad you looked that up. I had a note in the margins of my notebook to do that and forgot to. I meant to look that fact up and didn't because I was like, you know what? I Googled if it was a real city or not. That's my homework. <laughs> I didn't even check that. I just, I, I noticed the, the, like they kept saying, Tor- they said Toreg probably four or five times over the course of two episodes. And I thought that was interesting. So I checked that out and it, li- it literally comes up. They're known as the blue people, which I thought was, I just, I thought that That's was cool. cool. New type flash spitting facts. And sexy oil accidents. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we also learned that their goal is to retake the city from the white people or the Franks. We can call them the Franks, but really, I, I, I am convinced it's, it's whitey. Is, yeah. It's, it's the people who run the Aryan underground in the city. It's it's specifically they just keep calling them Europeans. They, that's Franks. as specific as they get. Franks. They just want to go to Radio Shack. Okay, that's the, the the white people have the underground mall, and all they need to do is get it. Like a, this is the eighties, so they got some things in their mobile suit. And they just, we need a couple of little random circuits or transistors from Radio Shack. And in twenty years, they will all close and still have all of those in a drawer that no one inventoried. Well, this. But, this reminds me of the South Park episode where Cartman runs around screaming race war. <laughs> that's, that's what Glammy's doing. Yeah. Subtly. Yeah. Um, all right. So Glimmy goes back. Uh, uh, Glimmy says he wants to go back to space. He's tired of being on earth already. Um, but right as he says that he sees Rue getting taken into a bar by Ganae. Um, and, Ganae is just like getting Rue all hot and bothered. He's laying it on so thick. And I wrote down, man, he is being a douche. And then like a second later, she got all blush face and was like super into it. I'm like, and it works. Yeah. She, she, she was drinking what he was pouring. She was like, well, I ain't got anything else to do. And he's like, he's like, we could go somewhere. Like after you eat, we could go somewhere. You could get more comfortable, you know, that sort of thing. Wink, wink. And then she's like, she's like, I mean, yeah, that'd be great. And then like you see, it cuts to Glimmy, like looking through the window, and he is furious. He is just like blood boiling, red in the face, just enraged. Yeah, yeah. So he he like runs into the bar and uh, grabs grabs Ganae and Rue or he grabs Ganae and Rue gets pissed when uh, Ganae is like, is this your friend? She's like, no, why would this asshat be my friend? This guy is a piece of shit. Why would you even ask that question? I'm she, not going to fuck you anymore because you asked that question. She says, there are some things you should never say, even in jest. I was like, damn, <laughs> damn. That's pretty rough. And, and Glimmy takes it very personally and it's like, Hey, it's our destiny to be together. And the dude is like, 
okay, and then punches him right in the face. Yeah. And yeah, they go back and forth for a little bit uh, until Glimmy pulls her out of the bar and this runs away with her. I just wanted to note here, she ran with him. Like she could have very easily just like plopped down dead weight. And he, Glimmy is so much of a twink that like Ganae probably could have caught up. <laughs> they, don't really, they don't really show it until later, but like, so like he punches Glimmy, Glimmy goes to punch him again, misses and like punches a bottle or something like that and like busts up his hand or something. So like, it like hurts his hand. Uh, and then they kind of like, I wrote, they proceed to fight poorly. That's what I wrote. Uh, <laughs> and then it like, they kind of run out and they don't really reference it to later, but it, it implies that he got his ass kicked by Glemmy because later on when he shows up, the guy's like uncomfortable or like nervous around Glemmy, like Glemmy's going to beat his ass. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the blue core guys are getting frustrated with how slow Glemmy is taking to get to this, get to where he needs to be. Um, but they say, you know, Neo Zeon was an inspiration for their leaders, so they're trying to be patient. Um, and they, you know, they seem to look up to Glimmy to some, not look up to necessarily, but kind of like respect uh, him and his position. I, I don't think they respect him. I think they 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 keep saying like he's going to be useful. He's going to be useful. We're using him. He's going to be useful to us. We need to be patient because he's a useful tool. Like they keep calling him a tool, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and they. They start to mention here, uh, Gadeb Chasson or Gadeb Yasin. I don't know exactly how you're supposed to say it uh, as the leader of their group. And then you learn the names of these two guys at the Blue Corps, uh, Dido and Elo, or Elo. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you also learn some things through their dialogue here that the uh, Zaku, they mentioned that their Zakus and Gelgoogs are reproductions. It's funny because the it's not really a Zaku. It's a, a Ewak Zak. It's a modified high Zak that they have, which looks a bit like a Zaku, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's no Zaku. It's blue. My my dub, they actually uh, reference it differently. They're like, he's going to figure out that our Zakus and Gelgoogs are fake. Hmm. So, I mean, he does later call it a, call it a Hizak, but uh, it, it, I thought it was interesting. Um, and he's, they were kind of talking about how they were worried that he was going to figure out that they were using them and that they, it was fake. And, like, they kind of implied that they weren't, like, really being honest with him about who they were and what, they were, what their motivations were. Yeah, and I think they're giving us an excuse, too, to set it up for, like, the, a few episodes ago, they had the lady in the Gelgoog that was fighting really well because the thing had been modified and touched up and whatnot. So I think they're giving an excuse to use old animation models, but somehow not have the suits be completely obsolete and worthless. Yep, so... um while they're complaining about lack of action and we're half, almost halfway through the episode, um, they detect the Argama coming and sortie, um, because we've got to have our battle of the episode. That's right. That's right. And you know, there's a funny thing here. We just learned the names of the other two guys. Apparently the bridge dude, his name is just Zaku tanker because it's all <laughs> the, that's all Dido calls him. Maybe it's just his unit designation or something, but they did not even bother coming up with a name for that poor guy. Maybe he was new to the unit. He's just like, yo, Gunner, deal with this shit. Um, but yeah, the Blue Corps attack the Gundam team. Um, 
Ellen Eno, they get hit hard and their, their shield blows up. Uh, a, a suit jumps onto the Zeta and forces it to the ground. Um, judo gets pressed um, because it doesn't seem like he's really interested in fighting them in this, in the scene. Um, and this is where he learns that the blue core and these guys, I mean, despite having the kind of janky suits that we were talking about, um, they really outskill their, their, their suits by a large margin and they're pretty effective fighters. Um, I mean, cause even when judo starts to get serious, he's um, he struggles with them for a little bit. I think it's like two minutes from now, uh, but while they're fighting, they both, um, so judo has like a kind of a flash and then uh, pull is like, wait, they're just regular humans for real. And like, she's surprised that regular humans are fighting well against them. Um, and I think they kind of just expected to walk all over them. And they also make an offhanded comment about how, oh, they must be modified. Just like you said, Scotty, they, mu- they must be modified or something like that. Yeah. So, um, Glimmy tells Rue that he could rule Neo Zeon and that she could be, uh, his, his winch, I guess. Uh, and then they see the battle and, uh, Glimmy gets up and is like, what's going on over there? Uh, to which Rue responds, uh, you know, if you're going to get, you know, all hot and bothered about a battle while you should be like flirting with a chick, then, hmm. You're not worth my time, and she just walks away. <laughs> yeah, she's not feeling it for sure. We already knew that, but like they're really reinforcing that. <laughs> well, it's like she—it's almost like she like gave him a little bit of of room. We're like, all right, maybe we can make this work, and then she's like, ah, never mind. You're a dick. <laughs> uh, so Judo seems to be getting pressed pretty hard now, even though he actually is trying to fight. Um, and it's pull saves him from getting rocketed at the last second as she goes kind of like saying like energy mode, um, and pulls him back. Uh, and then a few more blue core, uh, mobile suits show up, um, back into the city. Janae tries to, uh, Janae tries to get Rue to safety, but, uh, she gets offended that a man would, would offer her that help and she's not just a, a a woman that needs man's help and uh runs off and heads back out out of the city um you know and well, uh, yep one one note yeah we kind of skipped over it but um uh judo getting his ass kind of not really handed to him but like he's not doing as well as he would normally be doing he makes a comment about he's like this is really hard without a rifle and then it like pans over and you see that he dropped his rifle earlier when they had kind of like gotten knocked out of the sky initially. Um, so he's basically fighting with like his Vulcans and crap like that. Like, so he's, he's very limited on his weaponry. Um, and he's also fighting one-on-one. And at one point as he's doing something, he gets like almost ambushed yeah. by another one. So he's like, he's like, I knew, I knew he wasn't fighting alone. Yeah. I mean, they, they're just, I don't want to say they're out gunning him, but they're definitely out fighting him in, in this section. Yeah, they were prepared and focused, and he really seems seemed to underestimate them initially, and was not at all prepared, uh, and was not handling it well. So, I mean, they, they definitely got the jump on him, and it, it really paid off for them. So, Eno and El may, managed to take out a suit uh, as we see Glimmy driving by in a motorcycle. Um, Judo is about to get. Oh, oh, 
I mentioned this earlier, but Judo is about to get blasted when Pool uses some new type magic to escape. Um, and Ellen Eno manages to save them again. And my overall note for this fight was just like, not a great fight for Judo. He is just not not focused and not being very successful in the cockpit here. Um, and they never, and, and this part never really explained why. I mean, you had the initial explanation of, well, he, he's not fully into it because, you know, he, he didn't know who these people were. He knew they were Blue Corps, but not necessarily Neozeon. They, they touch on this a little bit in the next episode, I think. Or maybe this one, but yeah, they, they touch on it a little. One so, note is while Glimmy's like riding back, he's like looking at the battle. Um, and then he's like, he's like, if only I had a mobile suit. If only he had a mobile suit, he would do nothing and get blown up again, like he always does. <laughs> um, so Judo retreats as Rue watches everybody escape, uh, saying that, you know, basically she shouldn't have been worried about the situation. Um, and everyone lands their suit out in the middle of the desert and decides they're going to go into the city to find uh, Rue and bring her back. And um, Glimmy holds Dido as he slowly dies and begs Glimmy to fight for the Blue Corps. And Glimmy swears on Dido's last breath that he will do so. And then the episode ends with Dido! (laughs) Yep. And then to part two. Episode 31, Blue Core, part two. Yeah, it's that Gogu that just got all messed up is now cruising around again. <laughs> is it the same one? Yeah. Yeah, because like, they're, they're working it, on it. That, well, yeah. So what's happening is they're kind of flying around, and as he's like trying to maneuver, he's like blowing out the knee yeah. right, and like eating it. And then so when he goes down, they're like, oh, no, we blew out like a, I don't know, a fuse or something like that in here um and he's like so he's like we gotta wire like we gotta like work around a wire directly um and he's like, but it's gonna blow out the whole knee at that point and they're kind of like arguing back and forth about how to like make shift make this work and they're trying to like get these things up and running and combat ready enough um and they're like why are you why are you risking this so much like come on and then glimmy's like the gundam crew is going to come and ambush us and they're going to blow us up we have to be ready and he's like super like freaked out about it yeah, it, it's it's weird though because I mean, it, not weird, but you know, Glimmy's focus is very short term because the the point was that that Glimmy made was like, you know, yeah, the, you have to tune this suit so it works, even though it's going to burn out after you use it, because um, they don't have any backup parts. And then yeah, he's basically willing to uh, willing to sacrifice the longevity of the suit for for this one moment. Yeah. But Glimmy swears that he is going to support the Blue Corps, so it's all good. Um, Glimmy asks if uh, they die for freedom, and they all tell him, hell yeah, freedom's the best. He's like, hey, if you want to be free, go to space, because you're free in space. And they're like, uh, but that's, space isn't our home, so why the fuck would we go to space? Yeah, they specifically, yeah, let me says, at least in my dub, was like, uh, uh, freedom is easy in space. And they're like, but our blood is in the desert. The Toreg blood is in the desert. Yeah, and this is this is where Glimmy also restates that he is obsessed with restoring the Zabi family. Um, and it's, it's, it's his obsession. 
Whereas like he understands that like they're, they have the obsession with taking back their homeland and things along those lines. He's like, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's their goal. And that's, you know, why we're so good at what we do. Um, so we see that the Argama is approaching Gardaia. Um, Bright sends Beecha and Mondo to get the core fighter. Uh, and this is again where, where we see him saying, because they're like, hey, should we uh, bring Rue back as well? And he's like, I don't care if you bring her back or not. I just want my weapon back. Um, and we see, you know, Beecha having a slightly different attitude. Um, and they actually mention it at some point too. But, you know, Beecha seems to have changed some because he's just tired of getting fucked over due to his greed and you know, immaturity. Uh, and they both have a comment to each other that they just want to get back into space as soon as possible as well. Yeah. That's after they take off. There's a very little thing before that, when they are taking off, you see that Shinta is now working as part of the deck crew. He's one of the, he's in a uniform and is guiding them out. I don't know what yeah. you call those little lights, but yeah, he looks older know. too. Now it looks like they aged him a little bit in that scene. Which would make sense. They, he's been in the story for about a year. He's a kid, yeah. and they hadn't drawn him growing at all. That would be that would be a concern. So, that, you know, it was it, it was actually. Did you notice that the way they drew Mondo when he was launching on this one? He looked different. No, I, I guess I didn't pay enough. Yeah, attention he to that part. he looked more lean and tall i don't know if they were just reusing like the a different body with his head but it looked different possible they do do that but it also could be if if they're like making a point of aging up characters and showing like growth in characters like physically that also could have been it i'd believe them reusing a model before i believe them putting the effort into mondo but you never know (laughs) maybe it's because they've been in the desert he hasn't eaten enough (laughs) <laughs> they basically don't have water, so that, that he could be uh, could be losing water. Um. So, sorry, lost my spot. Um, so Judo and them are all like camped out in the desert at this point, and they've got the Gundam. I had a note here, like really well hidden. It's got like two or three tarps over like a knee and the head, and it's just like sitting there. Um, yeah. They never effectively hide these things in the desert. And they, they actually make a point of uh, calling that out in a minute. Um, but before that, like, uh, I think it's Ellen Eno are sitting there talking to uh, Paul. And Paul is, is talking about, like, where Rue is and, and, like, sensing her and stuff like that. And they just don't they, – they seem like they don't really believe her at all. Yeah. Okay. Hey, look, the three tarps on giant mobile suit works on Shangri-La, but not in the middle of the desert. Well, and yeah. like the very next scene. Oh, sorry, Scotty, go ahead. No, I was going to say this is where they talk about judo a little bit when Ellen Eno are talking, and they're mentioning how judo is clearly seems to be still affected by what happened with Lena, but because of that, like him and Paul seem really close because he's really relying on Paul at the moment. So it it backtracks to what we were talking about and the previous episode at the last part about, he didn't seem very sharp. Yeah. Now Ellen Ito are saying, yeah, we, we noticed that too. Yeah. So, um, judo and pole announced that they're going to go to Gardai to find Rue instead of hanging out 
and like looking through binoculars on a, in the desert. Uh, and Poole says that she knows she is in the city. So they all eventually, that they all agree to go despite Elle's reservations. Um, Rue comes up on the Z- comes up to the Zeta after they've left. And this is where you can kind of like make the assumption uh, at this point or infer that Poole is just like trying to keep Judo away from Rue. Um, we learn later that's not the case, but you know, that that's, you know, the, some of the games that we've been playing with yeah. things so far. It, it, uh, it did, it did feel like she was trying to guide, like kind of guide them around her so they didn't catch her. Right. Um, but this, this is kind of when, like I mentioned, they finally call out how badly hidden it is. Cause, uh, uh, Rue is like, f- like riding along and then she kind of like sees the Gundam just sitting there up against a rock. And she's like, you can't fool me leaving the Gundam out just in the open like this. Um, <laughs> and just like runs over to it. Uh, and, and like it kind of implies that she's going to do something at that point. Yeah. So Glimmy goes up to Janae and says that they are friends because Rue dumped them both. Um, yeah. Janae's like, what are you doing? He's like, we're friends now. We're comrades in love. Yeah. It's uh, poor Glimmy. Poor Glemmy. He never gets it. Um, Ganeth is, is basically like, Glemmy, you're a fucking loser. And then uh, Glemmy punches Ganeth. Well, he kind of says, like, hey, you tanked my shot with her. And, and Glemmy, like, freaks out and punches him. He uppercuts him. <laughs> he goes yeah. full down Why? <laughs> or, you know, whatever controller you're using for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> so Pulse senses uh, something that's, uh, quote, not Rue, and rushes out into the city. Um, she runs into a crowd and and can't find anybody. And then all of a sudden they run up to, like, we, we see the, I don't know what they're called, but... There's a call to prayer for the Muslims, and they all get down and they start praying. There's like, yeah, there's like a, uh, it's like a tone or something like that when it hits yeah. when it hit a certain time, and literally everyone stops, turns north, drops down into like prayer pose, and yeah. they go into like, and they, they uh, judo makes a comment. He's like, oh, they must they must be doing Islamic prayer now, uh, and yeah. as they're looking across, it's kind of like the whole crowd drops, and then Glemmy and judo and them like kind of lock eyes immediately. <laughs> across the room. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, like, that's, um, that's the, uh, Salah that what they're doing, that that's something that there are prayer times, like five times a day. It's the, uh, Salah. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, there's a name for the, um, the thing that contains like the announcement for the prayer too. I forget what it is, mm. but, um, cause they're usually spaced around Islamic cities. Like it, wherever you're at in the city, you can hear the call to prayer. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so we see uh, as, as Glimmy and, and all of these guys see each other, we see, um, August's Neo Zeon troops start to surround the city. Um, and we learn that they have the, another faction of the African independence group with them as well. Uh, and you know, August is not very subtle in the show. So he basically just says, um, exposition, 
he's using them to to his his bidding. Um, so the troops invade the city and just start blowing shit up. Um, and they're basically they're going to blow up the city because and this is I forget the guy's name. Um, it is. Scotty, you mentioned it earlier. Goddamn, Jocelyn. Yeah, uh, God. Yeah. We haven't yeah. mentioned it here, but the the show has mentioned this guy's name a dozen times at yeah. least. Yeah, they like we should have known him. who it is. Yeah, you feel like Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to walk in <laughs> when this guy shows up. Like they are building him up, man. Stone Cold Steve got him. <laughs> um. Yeah, so basically Gottab is going around blowing up the city. He's like, well, it's the Frank city, so we're just going to raise it at this point. And August is like, I know there's an underground base that I can use. What he doesn't know is it's just a fucking mall. Um, and Well, he says, um, he says like, oh, we can level all of the ground. Like, he's like, we can destroy all the ground level city uh and then use the underground city as a base. He's like, maybe it can be my base. I'm not saying that it, yeah, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there, you know? August um, has plans. Yeah. Look, he's got yeah, plans. I don't want to live in the Cinnabon, but if that's all that's left, I mean, <laughs> come on. Might have to have Aunt Annie's next to me eat some fresh pretzels. Would you like a chocolate covered pretzel? <laughs> God, yes. You know what I could really use that I haven't had in years? Dippin' Dots. Oh, they went they went under. They did? You can still yeah. get them at the zoo, man. Ah. Or like other places. Like like when I take the kids to the zoo or or like I went to I don't know, Sesame Street Land or something like that. And uh they had them there. Yeah. Yeah. Dippin' Dots, they're a thing. They're good. They're good. Um Yep. So the Blue Quarter uh, uh, troops meet up uh, with Godabs, and they they start fighting because you know um, they're like Elo's like, "What are you doing? We're we're trying to like take the city back, not level it." And um, Godabs like, "Yeah, fuck you, man. We're gonna level these guys. They they sold out to the the white people, so we're just gonna exact our revenge." Um, I got I got a little bit lost on where we were. I'm sorry, so I might be jumping back a bit. But go ahead. I did want to note that uh, wonderful person Neo Zeon guy August Guidon calls the Blue Corps at one point a quote tribal movement. <sighs> Not <Yeah>. ideal. <sighs> Thank you. um yeah so glimmy runs in front of a suit which is Godab's suit and announces himself and the guy's like who the fuck is this guy um but i guess august is like in listening to the the comms from the suits and is like oh shit glimmy survived all right guys we got i guess we got to land so august lands his ships and um judo and company show up uh, to get their Gundams and suits, and they're all gone. And they're like, "What the fuck?" Then Rue pops out and says, uh, <laughs> "Has the has the Argama given up on me?" And Judo's like, "No, of course not." 
No, you should totally come back with us to the Argamo. Everybody misses you, especially bright. <laughs> Mostly bright. It was bright. Was just so so worried. <laughs> I I mean, you know, he said that that Kuru fighter was what he needed. He totally missed you. <laughs> um. Yep. So, um. We learn here that that Pull was not actually taking uh, Judo away from Rue, that she had somehow had Rue and Glemmy's uh, auras mixed up in her head. Oh, let me tell you how. Because we haven't... If you drew a map of where characters go in this pair of episodes, Glemmy and Rue crisscross constantly. I mean, there's the point where they're actually... Together in the same place, yeah. But you've got you know, one leaving the city as the other comes back in, as the other leaves, the other is coming back in, and it's to me. I think Paul is just crisscrossed because of all of the blocking of where these characters are back and forth constantly. But you would think, and and again, th- there's no real good explanation given of it. But Paul was exposed to Glimmy for so long and she's been around Ruth for a while now that you would think she would know the difference between the two of them. And and I think she thinks that she should know the difference between the two of them. Well, you can tell when she figures it out that she had a mixed up. She is really very clearly shook. She's like, wait, I had them back. I had them mixed up. And she's like, it's a very big blow to her confidence. Yeah. But she also hasn't had a, bath in a while so yeah and she's covered in oil she's not on her a game right now either yeah which i mean which it sounds like it might sound like i'm joking that i think that's the actual thing going on here right is it could be she's wasted so much water in all these scenes like remember when they were in the desert before heading uh to meet up with argama like when they introduce the character she's taking a shower or a bath she's like everything works better when i can do this Basically, I mean, yeah, I believe it. It's they they do make a couple of comments at various points about how she's all sticky on her whole body. And they're like, are you talking about needing a bath again? (laughs) Um, So everyone tells Judo not to get involved in the blue core fight. They're basically like, stay out of it. Let them handle it and he's like and we're all we all know that's not going to happen rue has the real nugget of wisdom here because uh um, she says don't get involved in an ethnic conflict lightly (laughs) and judo says listen i have to ignore that because i have to have a battle every episode i mean we've already had a battle in the episode it's just not like a full thought out but but he hasn't yeah he hasn't yeah so, um, <laughs> I have in here August greets August, and that's not right. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the next thing I have down is happening is that Ello, and by the way, his last name is Mello. His name is Ello Mello. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Thanks. I did not catch that. Yeah, you know, they actually, I meant to bring it up because it was at the start of the episode, but I think that's. Uh, what was Tomino calling that? His harassment of the studio. He makes up terrible names to see if they'll go, and they just let him go. I think Elo Mello has to be one of those. Um, anyhow, 
he's cleaning up some Mara size. This dude's actually pretty good. Yeah. He's, he's pwned like four of them. And when he's two more right here. Yeah. And he's the one that gave Judo a hard time in the battle. Um, yep. uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, I think it's, uh, I don't remember who greets August, but we'll just skip to the next sentence. Got to, got to, got to. Okay. Yeah. So he claims yeah. that the blue core, uh, helped him find Glimmy. And, uh, uh, this is Glimmy saying, or August saying this to Glimmy and Glimmy sees through August's fake happiness to see him. He's like, you don't have to pretend to be happy to see me. I know you were hoping I was dead the whole time. Um, Glimmy tells the God, tells Godib that, uh, Dito was killed by the Gundam team. And he <laughs> turns to August and says, get me a Dryson peon. Um, to which August says, yes, sir. And gets him a Dryson. Um, uh, got him. And then when, when God leaves Glemmy time for some more casual, just casual swipes. He says, that guy's the king of a molehill. <sighs> Racism. Uh, <laughs> Gotham and uh, Elo argue, uh, Elo, sorry, argue about defending the city. Elo says that uh, Gotham is just being used by Neo Zeon and uh, Franks, aka Nazis. Um, and I mean, that's actually completely true right now. Um, <laughs> uh, Glimmy shows up and says, Don't fight each other, fight the Gundams. Uh, further proving Ello's point, but Ello seems to be on Glemmy's side, so okay. Glemmy's now using everyone. Great. Yeah. Yep. Um, so as they all fight, El gets knocked off the Dodai, uh, and as Judo's about to get axed in the face, Eno pulls the Dodai and intercepts the blow um, with, uh, or sorry, Eno and Pull fly the Dodai right in front of uh, the Zeta and an intercepted and take the blow. Um, you think for a second here that things are going to be bad, <laughs> but they turn out not to be too bad. Um, yeah, because they get it, out it has the freeze frame when it gets hit that you expect when like named characters die. Yeah. But you don't get any of the sounds. You don't get the, this is a Zeta series. So you don't get the horns or the, yeah, I think it's like horns, right? Like towards yeah. the end of Zeta, you hear it eight times an episode. You don't get any of that. In fact, you see it crash, but you, they get out. And then you see it explode after they get out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you It very clearly leads you to think somebody's going to die, but eh, they don't. Um, so Beach and Mondo show up. So now all of the pieces for the double Zeta are there. And let the docking commence. Um Elo uh, gets killed. <laughs> yep. They're, everybody is attacking Glemmy, basically. So Glemmy is screwed. And Elo, for whatever reason, knocks him out of the way of the double Zeta's beam saber. And that doesn't look so bad. And then they don't show this directly, right? Because he, he gets hit with the beam saber. And it's like a gash in the shoulder. You're like, oh, yeah. he, he might be okay. And it's kind of sparking a little bit. And then, like... I didn't slow this down, but it just sort of blows up. But then you 
cut it pans back after that to the double Zeta and Rue's in it. Rue's the pilot right now. Yeah. And you kind of see her shoot another shot. The impression I got was double she, tap. It was wounded. And instead of having any mercy or patience or talking or anything, it was shoot boom. Uh, I think that was a way to draw contrast to the way judo would do it, which would probably have been disable it and then grab it and be like, get out because we saw that a few episodes ago yeah. when he was fighting the other Gelgoog. So, um, yeah. And that's because it, this is basically another point where we're getting into the Rue kicks ass in the mobile suit sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, the other, uh, Gadab also gets axed. <laughs> um, Glimmy. No, no. So what? No, no, no. So what happens? Uh, we're talking, we're still on Rue kicking everyone's ass. Yes. Sequence. And so after, uh, Elo and the Gelgoog explode, uh, she takes out the Dryson's left arm mm-hmm. with another shot of that big honking, beautiful double beam rifle. Then God of Jocelyn cruises up saying mobile suit combat. It's not about power. It's all about mobility. And they mentioned me like a dozen times and I've been here for four minutes. So I'm definitely important. <laughs> and he leaps into the air and then the double Zeta casual as fuck just points that gun at it and is like, boom. And it's, it explodes and he's, and he's gone. It's, yeah. It's incinerated. He's like, I'm leaping. I have the high ground and, no, you don't. You don't. Yep. yep. It's and almost anticlimactic. I think it's supposed to be. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be just really jarring. Like the fall didn't kill any of these people. It was the sudden stop at the end, which was Rue. Yeah. Yeah. She takes advantage of that double Zeta really, really effectively. Almost makes an argument that she should be the pilot. Um, so uh, Glimmy runs away. Uh, and August orders a retreat while they fire on the city, uh, like casual humanitarians do. Yep. Yeah. So the episode ends with Janae sitting around in rubble in the rubble, looking all fucked up and dirty, and commiserating on how he couldn't bang a roo. I hope he isn't going to drink out of that wine glass. That looks <laughs> like that would cut your mouth real yeah. bad. But there's that something would. in it. So maybe he's going to like hold it and not touch his mouth with it and just try to use it to get Arsenic. that in there. Yeah. Arsenic or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny. J- Janae's last name is um, Bajina. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but they, they totally draw him with like Char's model in a few places. In the face, at least. Yeah, I, I liked this this series uh, of episodes. Um, we we kind of touched on it at, at a few points, but this is um, th- this kind of like puts better characterization on people. This does more character building for a lot of people than a lot of other episodes do, and and a lot of these double episodes, not excluding like Lena's blood, just felt kind of like throwaways, like we talked about how moon moon was kind of a wasted opportunity in some situations. Um, and a lot of these desert art episodes and 
original Gundam, Zeta, and even Double Zeta just feel underwhelming. But I, I like this one. I like this one, how it, uh, it, it tried to be culturally aware for, for its time. Um, it, it failed uh, to modern standards. But, um, you know, they, they showed Muslims in, in a non-negative way. They um, showed different types of characterization for Bright, where we talked about how he's just, you know, kind of had it up to, up to here and is stressed out and only cares about getting his weapon back. He doesn't necessarily care about the individual soldier. Um, he just needs to get things done. So yeah, I, I like this, this series. Yeah. We've been doing mostly the same things off and on since episode 24 with the, uh, kids in the Southern seas. And we've been slowly moving Northish over Africa. And I think we got one more episode that kind of starts to take us into Europe. And you know, then it's on to really another storyline after that. And uh, yeah, these are, I think for character building um, completely different as far as to what characters and how, but it reminds me of Gundam seed and its character building in the desert arc because it's basically focusing up on the mains, putting, you know, uh, different kinds of challenges in front of them that they can overcome without it impacting the overall story, a whole big ton. And then you just, you do intersperse some plot stuff along the way. Like the Lena's blood two parter is really more heavy on the series plot, but everything else around it isn't so much. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's a good arc. It's a nice way to come to earth and you get a framing of everything going on, but it is still through or it's done in a way that I think continues to emphasize where the AUG is at the moment and what they're up against, you know, because you'd think, well, they've gone to earth. Shouldn't they be in these big set piece battles against Neo Zeon, the invaders, but they, they're doing everything they can. And this is what they're getting from that. They're beat the hell up. Yeah. Yeah. And you see Neo Zeon kind of, um, just leveraging whoever they can insurgents and whatnot to, to fight, you know, throw things against them. Um, they really do control large swaths of the, of the planet right now, as we we've seen in like, Lena's blood when they were in Dakar, things along those lines. Um, so yeah, Neo Zeon is on Earth and they are they are causing havoc and uh, Karaba's really put on their heels for this. So it's 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 a neat little thing to to watch and give yourself a, a broader perspective of uh, where the the planet and all the factions are supposed to be. All right. You guys got anything else? I do have one note about Janae. The subtitle spelled it G-E-N-E-T. It's actually J-U-N-E. So it's spelled like June. It's pronounced Junae. Guess what his last name is. They say it at one point, but it was a bad like dub of the July. name. I didn't write it down. I know that they did mention it, but I, I didn't write it down. They did mention it. If you look it up, it is spelled... Cock. 
His name is June Cup. Mm. <laughs> that was not in the subtitles. I it was not. Because I looked it up. I was spelling it G-E-N-E-T. And I was like, what is his last name? I can't find it. I eventually stumbled upon someone spelled it G-U-N-E-H. And I'm like, I started searching. It's on the official like Gundam. Well, not the official Gundam. They're like the Gundam fandom wiki. It's June Cock. And it shows the actual like Romanji of it. That's that's sure enough. That's how it's spelled. Apparently, don't don't Google June cock. If you do spell cock with a K, two Ks, one C, two Ks. C C O K O C K K O C K. Yeah, June. Cock. He does show up correctly if you Google it that way. <laughs> Otherwise, you get the first episode. First result is a Bang Brothers episode. Yeah, don't 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 spell it wrong. <laughs> Lane, look it's at not that. the look worst that. thing, all things considered. Lane, look at that. Uh, what is that? Hiragana? Uh, look at that and tell me uh, how that's supposed to be said. June uh, Koku. Okay. Okay. It's Char. This is what he's doing during <laughs> it's this series. Char. It's not Char. It's one of his clones. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We'll check you again in two weeks. Uh, follow us on Twitter at newtypeflashpod and wherever else you may find inter- information on the podcast. Um, our Patreon, our Discord, our uh, Lost Ark Guild, our Ukrainian resistance fighting. Or what? <laughs> <laughs> or what you, guild? You you don't you, you haven't been following the the new games and everything like that. Lost Ark. It's new. It's a free to play, massively uh, multiplayer online RPG. Is that weeb shit? I only follow weeb shit anymore. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not touching any games till Triangle Strategy comes out. So I isn't it out? If it is, I didn't know. I've seen reviews for it. I didn't mean anything. I think it did come out like a week ago. But that doesn't mean I'm allowed to play it yet. I have three kids. Yeah, sell one of them. I can afford it. I just don't have time. Well, no, then you'd have two. It's not going to help. One to three kids equals not enough time for uh, a tactical RPG that takes three hours to fight a battle. That's fair. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye.